welcome to Mixtape and Identity. I'm your host, Shane. This is episode 35, and my guest this week is none other than Zach Ruin. Yes, thank you so much for joining me for the 35th case of Mixtape and Identity. My guest this week is Zach Ruin. Zach, obviously, best known for his work with Auntie Donna. I actually got to know him way before I heard about Andy Dono through, uh, as regular listeners will know, through Confessions of the Idiots. Um, was one of my favourite people on that, so it was an absolute pleasure to have him on. Um, I've been a fan of his for a long time. And yeah, uh, first of all, great list. I had a, a lot of fun with it. A few choices that I, I knew I was going to have to question a little bit in the episode, which, which I have done. Um, but yeah, I had an awful lot of fun with it. And this is a great chat. Um, it, it's a really good chat. I'm not going to have to overhype it or sell it. You, you'll enjoy it, trust me. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Uh, we release the playlists uh, ahead of the podcast. We release those on a Monday and then the podcast comes out on a Thursday. Uh, so if you want to listen along or listen to the playlist ahead of time, uh, you can find that on Instagram at Mixtape and Identity. All the links are there. Or if you just search for Mixtape and Identity, all one word, into Spotify, you can find my profile there and you can listen to all the playlists there uh, ahead of the show. I'll chat at the end of the episode then about different ways you can support the podcast and all that good stuff. Uh, but for now, we'll just jump into it. This is episode 35 of Mixtape and Identity with Zach Ruin. How often do you actually listen to music at the moment, Zach? Whoa. I would say every day. Yeah. 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 I um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh Easy listen answer. to a mix of music and yeah, music and podcasts. But um I'm not a like I'm I, I haven't been a very like active listener to music in a long time. I don't do that as much as I used to. Mm. But yeah, I would say I have music on daily. Yeah. Okay. And are you going for albums or playlists or like how do you normally? Listen um. To? Uh, look, I'm a big playlist guy these days. I I, I want to get back into the album. I want. Uh-huh. I really miss albums, and I really miss. Um, thinking about this the other day, I really miss. I guess the discovery that you have with albums mm-hmm. and radio as well to a degree. But I think there's this thing with the way the algorithms of like Spotify yeah. work where you find yourself down a path where it's like, Oh, you listen to this type of music. So we're going to give you exactly this type of music all the time. Right. Um, and I miss a, I miss finding things that I would have never thought I would have liked. And then also I think, you know, there's those, those album tracks, those things. I just think of songs that, when I was a teenager and I would listen to the album because it, I read a good review about it and I'd try and try until I got into it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your favourite tracks weren't necessarily the singles back then. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think that happens less and less now. But right. yeah, so I, I, I'm more of a playlist guy. Yeah. And I'm more of a... If I like... Uh, I I listen to songs on repeat. I, I, I To be... Able to do anything but listen to music, I need to have listened to the song many times right. before I can be comfortable with it. So, yeah. yeah, it's a very limited number of songs on a limited amount of playlists that I listen to a lot. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to, like, that's one of my common questions. Is like, do you try to find new music or do you rely on old familiar? I, I it, it is, do you know what it is? I think I have this thing now where I'll have these playlists that I'll just listen to on loop. Mm-hmm. And then once I start getting tired of them, I go, all right, I need to push out a little bit. And then I just have right. these moments of exploration yes. where I push out and try to discover new stuff, yeah. fold that in, and then I get sick of those songs and keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Um, what was the, what's the first music that you, that you bought or that you owned? Very first... Um, piece of music I, I ever bought I can never remember what it was I know the first single and I know the first album so the first single I ever bought was Celebrity Skin by Hole okay and the first album I ever bought was Aquarium by Aqua okay which I think is a funny <laughs> so I was still finding and defining my yeah. taste there <laughs> okay it was a quick disc but yeah um, yeah absolutely yeah yeah that's funny like it's I don't know what age you get to but I, I feel like for me I initially came to music from a place of like I'll just listen to whatever like I, I listen to like yeah um, Glenn Miller Band and uh, uh, Elton John and uh, like my dad's music like Bruce Springsteen stuff like that and then yeah, I don't know what point yeah. it was where I was just like no I'm gonna listen to Foo Fighters and bands that sound like Foo Fighters and that's basically it um yeah <laughs> And now, like getting back to a place where I listen to whatever again, but um, but yeah, Aqua and Hole it's an am- are a great combo with that. <laughs> it's an amazing moment, I think, when you, when you, because I think there's this thing that happens through, particularly your teenage years, mm-hmm. where I don't know, it's that looking for identity, where you're looking for yeah. who you are, and you try to define yourself by what you listen to, mm-hmm. and I remember. I was quite early in my 20s. Um, I thought I, I, I... Quite late in my teens, I was like, I'm into alternative music. That's what I listened to. And I was really self-conscious about the type of music I listened to. And I was like, I don't know what I like, but I know I hate pop. Mm. And then um, I remember I heard You Don't Know You're Beautiful by... Um, oh, One uh, Direction. One Direction. Yeah. And I was just like... I, I was a real I was like it's actually really well made for you know and it was just but it was the beginning of like the crack for me of like oh it doesn't matter where it came from if you enjoy it you're allowed to enjoy it yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's that moment you go through where where it can come from pop and it's so freeing when you when you get back to the other side of that a little bit yeah, where, where you don't have to because I remember yeah just like you know people that love a song and then suddenly it gets popular and then we'll talk about it a bit on this playlist actually but it's just yeah the obsession of almost the vintage of the song Mm. when you're a teenager it's really nice to get over that 100 percent, yeah i i used to like my friends in school were aware of me doing that exactly that um to the point where there was a time I think it was a I think it was Fallout Boy and I, I'm not going to talk about them again now but like I just did not vibe with Fallout Boy at all um, yeah it was the song titles that's all it was I hated them but I uh, <laughs> there was a point where like people would play me songs and ask for my opinion and then tell me mm. the artist to see if my opinion changed <laughs> and invariably it did like I was like yeah this yeah I like this this is alright it's a Fallout Boy song I hate it it's shit that's not good at all and like I don't know who I'm like who am I impressing there who's that for like I'm just 
missing out on music that I enjoyed because I decided yeah. I was it wasn't for me. I, d- I don't know. It's such a strange thing. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's that thing as well. I think something that happens is... This is a little bit wanky, but it's like that... The myth of the auteur I always think about a lot. And I think about how uh, there's a lot of stuff, particularly when I was growing up. But there's a lot of this this idea of, oh, for something to be good, it has to come from one person. It has to come from a very... Or one group or a very singular kind of place. And I think as you get older, you realise that everything is collaborative and it doesn't matter... Nothing is truly original and everything is collaborative. So I think I used to be so obsessed with this idea of the singer-songwriter and they had to write it to be good at it. And then you go, well, is a rock star being inspired by another riff but like and changing a few notes any different to someone sampling? Or yeah. is a really, really good producer with a band any different to say that same producer would get a song credit if they were working with a pop artist, you know, and you realize, oh, actually everyone's collaborative. Everyone's sort of speaking to the stuff that's come before. Yeah. And whether it's pop or whether it's something more alternative, it's all kind of, well, you can't know where it came from and you can't know why they wrote it. and, And you have to just ask, do I like it? And that's all you can say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I've started to feel in the same way now about like um, reboots, for example. Like, yeah. uh, I just don't give a shit anymore. I used to get really angry when stuff was getting rebooted, and I was like, "Oh, why are they doing this to, I don't know, the Jungle Book? Oh, why can't they just leave the Jungle Book alone?" And then you're like, "They are. Like, they're not changing the original Jungle Book. They're just making a yeah. new version." You, if do you like the old Jungle? Great, it's still there. It's on Disney Plus. Go and go and watch yeah. it. Um, that's not affected in any way. I saw so many people get so upset about the um, the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air reboot. Oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah, um, yeah. And like, go watch it. Like, and, and genuinely, yeah. like, I was speaking to some people about it. I was like, when was the last time you watched Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Like, oh, I don't know, fifteen years ago. Like, why do you give a shit then? Like, it's just a thing <laughs> that exists in your head. Like, why do you give a shit if like someone like in modern day is making a, a gritty reboot of like? And I watched it. It's not good, but it's its own thing. It's fine. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing. The thing that I find really interesting about people flipping out about reboots is, like, that for as long as... All the way back to theatre, things have been rejigged and redone. You know, none of Shakespeare's plays were originals. They were based on poems or they were based there had been other plays of those subjects almost every show he did there were other versions of that right um like i'm pretty sure alfred hitchcock i can't think of the film but he made a film in england and then did the remake 20 years later like right. it's always been we've always been retelling the same stories yeah, and yeah. it is exactly that it's like if you don't like the new one Mm-hmm. don't watch it the yeah. old one still exists it's fine <laughs> you know yeah, and maybe that's an age thing but I, I don't know it's so funny particularly because what happens then is we end up in, with like just really mediocre shit that's just vaguely trying to make you feel the way you felt when you watched the original when you were well, in the cinema yeah uh, there is that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. 
like, <laughs> like taking your just... nostalgia and selling it back to you. You're like, wow, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's just this weird sort of process we go through now. I remember I watched, um, uh, you know, H2O, Halloween H2O. It's the, it's the, oh, yeah. it was the 20 years later version of Halloween. And I watched it recently at a, at a cinema in, in LA. It was like a repertory cinema. And, uh, I was a bit like, ah, oh, it's the only thing that's on. I really wanted to go to this cinema and I went and watched it and I remember, and I hadn't seen it before and I love Scream and I love Halloween mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, this is weird. Like, it came out about a year after Scream. I'm like, they're just doing Scream. They've got all these teenagers in it. They've got the sassy dialogue. And I remember thinking, this isn't Halloween. Mm. And then as I was watching it, I got more and more pulled in. And it ended up, I loved the film. You know, I thought it was one of the best horror sequels I've seen. The ending is incredible. I had a really good time. And I realized that why would you make a sequel to be like the original Mm. when the original already exists isn't the thing you should be doing with a sequel um shouldn't you be using the characters the ideas and applying it to the time Mm -hmm. and i thought that's what this is this is the story of halloween the characters of halloween but it's reflective of 1997 which is a different time you know yeah and it just sort of it, it was a, that was a big moment for me as well, you know. I know this is a music podcast, I know, I was film say. One, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true of music as well. Out. It's like you know, you don't like their new album, listen to their other four. Like, yeah, hundred percent. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Back to music. Thank you. <laughs> I'd forgotten. Um, so, I, what, what's the what's the best live music you've seen? Best live performance. That's a tough one. It's a big question. That is a, that's a good qu- Yeah, it is a good question. Um, big question. The best live performance I've ever seen. Um, I still remember... I saw a group called Cut Copy years and years and years ago at the Big Day Out. Um, and that was like the first time I'd ever seen dance music. They were DJs. Uh-huh. And, I was, and they were in the DJ tent of this festival of this music festival and I was expecting them to just be DJing mm-hmm. and it's pretty common now to do what I'm about to describe but they they played most of it live right um, and that was the first time I'd ever seen that and there was the three of them and they just they weren't a band they would jump between instruments you know and share instruments so for one song someone would be playing the keyboard and then for the next song they would move over to the drums and the other guy would come and play the keyboard mm-hmm. and it was a really lo-fi set other than this fact that they would just move around and play whatever was needed to be played for that particular song and i right. remember just being like blown away yeah and that was kind of back in the day when most stuff was banned based like i wasn't really yeah. listening to a lot of dance or that sort of thing mm-hmm. so that was a pretty incredible gig that was yeah. that was up there yeah yeah absolutely yeah I don't, like I've, I've had a couple of moments like that I, mean, I saw Franz Ferdinand perform live and they like they have a much dancier sound live than they do um, mm. in the studio and they had a point where like uh, all of the members of the band just set down the rest of their instruments and gathered around the drum kit and they all basically like took a drum and just that's great like they just like the sound that they made from that was was crazy um, and I also saw a band in Krakow, uh, in Poland, and it's just like this like basement bar that we went into, and they were playing. It was like a 
is a dance duo. I think the the normal setup is they got one DJ and one like singer. Um, but they yeah. had an orchestra, like a small like uh, yeah, wow. orchestra. So they had um, they had a horn section, they had strings, and they had you know the drum kit and the bass and everything. So they were playing like their music, but with a a live band backing, and. I, I've I've never seen anything like that. Like I, I think other other artists are doing it, but I that really stands out to me as a as a gig that just blew my mind because the the sound is incredible. So probably very yeah. similar to what you experienced, but like I was just watching it going like I didn't know you could do that. I didn't think you would be able to do that, and it worked so well. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. It's I think there's something when when I remember hearing once about. Um, Smashing Pumpkins because uh-huh. they used to find that he used to write the music in the studio. You know, right. they would just play a sound similar, probably to how a lot of like producers and DJs work now. Yeah, he was doing that back when when people were bands, but he would play something and then build the song more in the studio than than actually write it. Right. And I remember hearing once that when they would do a tour, they would have to kind of sit down and figure out how do you actually play these songs <laughs> as a band wow, okay, yeah. <laughs> which is such a strange thought you know because yeah. it's like here, here we've got like you know a hundred guitar tracks how do we which one is the melody which one is the oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and i just think that yeah yeah and, and, and it's so it's always i think really interesting when you see music that is very much written or created for um you know for the re- for the recording it's not live yeah, music yeah. yeah how they then figure out how to do it live and i yeah. think it's it's interesting because i think you know i've seen pop artists perform and and all they're doing like they they they're using vocal tracks from the from the cd or you know from the album and you're yeah. like oh that's you didn't need to do that you know like you know i want to hear you do it i'm here to see a live performance but then i'm like maybe that's not what people's expectations are Mm. so i always find it really interesting and refreshing when there's sort of an effort to at least convey a sense of liveness you know yeah yeah, i remember i remember i saw um bjork years ago and and she had a few people on laptops sort of because because it was such you know because her music can be really sort of production heavy she had a few people on laptops but then on the desk that the laptops were was a monitor showing what was happening on the laptop oh so as they were manipulating the sounds you could see it happening oh amazing which i thought was really cool yeah like (laughs) just to just to say to you this is happening live they are manipulating things live and it's it's funny because they they don't have to show you that, but it's just, it was an interesting notion, like just to communicate the liveness to yeah. you, I thought was really cool. No, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like on the other side of it, yeah. I've, I've seen, I saw a, a Keen. Do you remember Keen? Yeah. I saw them live. Like this is like, a, yeah. Sometimes I look at the bands that I've gone to see and I'm like, oh, God, that must've been a very boring time in your life. But, um, what is the Keen <laughs> live? And, um, they, I don't know if their bassist had like taken ill or like wasn't available or something, but he turned around and said, "Um, guys, I just want to introduce you to our new bassist," and turned around and gestured at a laptop on a chair. <laughs> and everyone was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" 
and <laughs> they just moved on but like like then then you look around and there's literally there's no one with a bass guitar on stage so they must have just had the bass tracks playing yeah. from a laptop while they were like playing around it and something about that just completely took me out of the live performance because I was like was like nothing there's no there's no risk now right because that that bass track yeah. is just going to continue that's just going to happen so like if they fuck up or something or they want to do something different they can't like they just have to like they're yeah. just stuck on this like like their studio sound which for me with a live performance is like the complete opposite of what I'm there for um, well, and it creates strange. a it creates a thing, you know. Um, with my with when I perform comedy live, there's a lot of musical cues and sound cues, and yeah. just because of necessity in the early days, it was much more um, press play go. And now now we kind of work in tandem, and there's a lot more happening where mm. um, the person is reacting live, and there's an interaction. Yeah. And I think what happens when you can't adjust live is is it becomes a matter of right or wrong yes it's either correct or it's incorrect and i think yeah. that's where art dies honestly as soon as you yeah. can be incorrect yeah it's just a not a nice space to be in you know <laughs> like, yeah exactly. yeah uh, yeah yeah that's that's fascinating that would have been a really interesting gig to see it's also weird that they could manage that 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 sounds um yeah harder than just getting in a bassist doesn't it yeah like I, yeah and it's not like keen songs are, are particularly complicated i mean you probably could have picked someone out of the crowd and said like here's the chords but yeah anyway, yeah um, yeah that's crazy yeah. all right so uh we'll um <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll jump into the actually do you know what this this i'll probably not include this because it's it's another sort of tangent another side but i think it's a yeah, it's a story tangent. you'll enjoy <laughs> um i went to see um just when you said about like the you know pop artists and just having like their vocals i went to see yeah, um yeah. s club um oh wow and this right. was so there's like obviously they had their peak and then there yeah there's now a period where it's like kind of like they're cool again like sort of s club and steps and um new kids in the block they're all having this sort of like nostalgia based resurgence but there was a period where there was like nothing going for them and this is when i went to see them uh so there were only three members of the band that were performing so there was um there was bradley paul and i want to say joe and yeah so it was like it was like a fiver so like ten dollars um to get into this like student club and uh, there was a sign on the door saying that Paul couldn't make it due to unforeseen circumstances. So now we're down to S Club 2. And they <laughs> went on a stage. And I swear to God, they must have just had like their best of on a CD. And that's what they played. And they sang over the top. But it wasn't it wasn't a medley. They played like the full intro for each song, sang a little bit of it. And then someone hit skip. And then they moved on to the next song, so it didn't like flow. There was no like, oh my there was, god, there was nothing going in between them. There was just literally someone just going like next song, and they sort of danced around, sort of awkwardly while the intro to the next song played, and they were singing over the top of just like you know them singing in the nineties, including like you know S Club. You know there ain't no party like an S Club party where yeah, they're introducing yeah. the different members of the band. 
but they're all singing like there's two of them singing each each different part and I don't know how they split that but like it was it was that's amazing it, that's it's surreal. one of the strangest things I've ever seen I would love to have seen that show that sounds <laughs> really good that sounds really good that's because because there's the nostalgia acts like I remember Aqua came sorry I'm now now I'm tangenting off the tangent but uh, I remember Aqua came um, and I didn't see them I really wanted to see them live but they came to Melbourne Uh for something and and, uh, some friends went and I was like oh that'd be a fun like nostalgia trip thing and then I like looked them up because Uh I was curious when they'd gotten back together whatever but they've kept making music and they've kept evolving and they've like done some interesting things and okay. they've never actually become like they're they're touring off the nostalgia but right. as as a little creative unit they're just still like oh, and wow. it was this really interesting moment where I was like oh wow they 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 they're doing stuff and and, yeah. and it was just really fascinating to me it was like you can you can to tour off the nostalgia you yeah. know that's a business choice. You got to do that, but yeah, yeah, you yeah. can choose what that show is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, like wow. you, you can choose where, what you're putting on stage, and you can slip in a few new songs, and you can keep, or you can sing along. To, that sounds like an amazing gig, the S Club one. I really <laughs> want to. It's the splitting up the lines for me. That oh yeah, I'm obsessed. With. Yeah, that was <laughs> like unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> When Goodness when man. when Joe got to Joe's got the flow, she really like she hit that hard. She was very excited about that. <laughs> um, anyway, so we'll we'll get into the list. So b- before before we actually dive into uh, song one, then so like how how did you find putting the list together? I I was I was telling you before the pod. I was I I struggle immensely with stuff like this. I overthink this stuff like so much. Mm. In the end, I just smashed it out i went with the smash it out option because you sent me this list a long time ago like you've sent me this list when i when i first expressed like yeah i'll do it at some point yeah and 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 i like and i just i couldn't do anything with it you sent it to me again like a week ago and i couldn't and i said i'd I'd get back to you in a couple of days and then in the end i just smashed it out because i just because there's so many ways you can answer those questions right so, so in a weird way, it was very, very easy. Okay, yeah. But only because I forced my hand okay. because it was very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't even know if this reflects my taste. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's such an interesting thing when you do it song by song. Right. It's a great way to do it because it's like, it, it's, um, it, yeah, you just sort of, Go, oh, this, this. It's yeah. not necessarily what I would listen to every day. Right. At, at the moment. Yeah. It's a bit more reflective of something different, I think. Yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of fun to do. Excellent. Yeah. I think that, that has been one of the tricky things for me because I like I've I've got my list and uh it's a constantly evolving thing. But that was one of the things that for me as well is like I went through song by song, picked my songs and then looked back on it, it was like, like, does this reflect me as a person? Uh as if yeah. that matters. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it was like it was just I was so focused on it being like the identity part of it that I really wanted to get it just right. But um, but yeah, I think I think it's one of those things you just like when it's just deadline approaching, just 
get it done kind of thing. <laughs> well, and I think, if, I think it's one of those things with taste as well, where it's like, you 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 I think we try to look at ourselves in this holistic sense when it's yeah. probably better to just be like this is a snapshot of me yeah on a Tuesday morning right yeah in yeah, 2022 yeah. you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. that's what I and 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 um and also it was interesting as well because I think because you because there's those prompts it's not just what I'm listening to right now yeah yeah because I think sometimes you know you go. Yeah, there's a difference between what you listen to every day as than as opposed to maybe something that actually resonates for yeah, yeah, XYZ yeah. reason, you know? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty, perfect. So with that said, then we'll get into song one. <laughs> All right. So sorry, half an hour later. Um, we'll get into song oh, one. Oh, that's Zach Rewine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got a podcast that I do with my friend Mish Wittrup. And um, our whole thing is tangents, and uh, I don't think, I don't think we've ever gotten to the topic m- earlier than twenty minutes. <laughs> twenty minutes is a good get to the topic right. for for me and Mishu. <laughs> you know, um, no, you're doing well, mate. <laughs> All right, song you're doing one, very then. well. <laughs> song one. Oh my god, what have I done? A song you fell in love with straight away. So you've gone for somebody that I used to know. I got you. Yes. Have you heard of that one? <laughs> yes. Little known song. Yeah. I don't think I. I don't think I've heard it since 2012, but I have heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, this has a particular story about the falling in love with it right away, and I and it was funny because I was like, "This is such a. This is of all the songs, of all the songs in the whole world, this is probably the most." Um, like it was just huge for like a year. Yeah. Like it was, it was, you know, like so big for that moment. Uh And and it's just, it's funny. It's almost fun. It's an odd choice. Like I was like, I felt odd choosing this song because it was like the biggest song of 2012. (laughs) You know, it was like, what an odd choice. Yeah. But I, I. I remember the first time I heard it, um, and I don't. I don't often remember the first time I heard a song. Right. You know, you think, "Oh, I remember the summer that I listened to that song." I remember the, but I remember the first time I heard this song, and I remember the like sense of discovery I had around this particular song. Right, and um, and I was like, "Well, I have, I have to go with this one because it's so tr- so evocative of this answer." Because I remember it was. I was on a tour. I'd just finished university and I was on a tour of this independent show and I was, I'd had a weird night the night before and we were watching Rage. Me and a couple of the cast members were watching Rage, which is like a music video morning show in Australia. Um, Like a, I don't know, the equivalent in Northern Ireland. (laughs) Channel 4, do you have Channel (laughs) 4? Maybe that. Hits of the summer. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's of the summer. Yeah, hits of the summer. Um, um, So it's this this radio show. And Gautier, I don't know about the UK, but like Gautier was was a lot bigger in Australia than he he was overseas. So I think a lot of people only know Gautier for this song. But in Australia, particularly in like Triple J, alternative music, he was pretty like a big deal he had a song that came out before this one called hearts a mess which was 
probably you know was a big song right okay um which a lot which is really so i find it really really strange when people describe him as a one-hit wonder because right yeah yeah he wasn't in australia this was yeah. this was this insane hit but it was this person that had been doing quite well for about five years he released the song and then it just went stratospheric and then it was like what do you do with that <laughs> you know mm-hmm. but i was i was watching rage and i was at a point in my life where i wasn't really keeping up with music anymore i wasn't really interested in music and they were playing all new songs and I'm so sorry to anyone who released a song that that week, if you're listening. And <laughs> <laughs> I remember everything was like, it was it was just, I don't know, 2012. It was really indie cool was mm. in, you know, like it was like that pop indie was just fading out and everything was really boring. Right. It was, all the songs were just really kind of boring and really um, one note in a way. Like it was just a lot of people where they were putting cool above emotion i think they were putting right. cool above fe- like feeling anything mm-hmm. and i was like yeah it's fine it's fine it's fine and then i remember this song was playing yeah and and initially the first few moments i was just like oh it's another one of these songs i thought oh cool it's gautier that's cool I, I can't wait to hear his new song yeah um and that and it starts out pretty chill very famously pretty chill mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is like everything else. And then when he sings, but you didn't have to cut me off, he like jumps up. Yeah. I still remember that moment of just being like, whoa, <laughs> some emotion, someone like kind of bearing themselves a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, it's, and it was just, and then, and then when, he, when the, the other voice gets introduced, that was such a twist. And it was just this like, the first time listening to this song, just this constant sense of discovery and this constant like unveiling or revealing and it's there's there's more Mm -hmm. there's more to this story and i think of all the songs that would could just play just the first bit and that's the whole song and and just keeps unfolding yeah yeah and then obviously that line i think we forget because it's such a well-known song but that notion of somebody that i used to know is like Bef- that, that there was that 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 line didn't exist and then he said it you know yeah and i remember hearing it and just being like fuck yeah that's good yeah <laughs> like <laughs> yeah yeah i i had to, i had such a strange strange feeling listening to this song um when you sent it to me in the list because obviously my first reaction was like i gotcha okay like It'd be like if someone sent me like you know other you know all my favorite artist is Sean Kingston or the Baja Men, but like <laughs> yeah okay yeah. when did you stop listening to music? But um, <laughs> but <laughs> so <clears throat> without getting into too much detail, I've been going through something over the last couple of years which is like r- related to what um, Gotje is alluding to. Not in a yeah. like a romantic relationship, but um, with a, a friendship, and yeah, there was a there was something that happened like this week that like mm. brought that up again, and then you sent me this list, and I was listening to Gotcha, and I had a visceral emotional reaction to what I thought was a one hit wonder from. 10 years ago which was such a strange (laughs) feeling because 
I never gave this song a time of day. Like I, I, I listened to it like everyone else, and like I belted it out when it was on the, on the radio in the car because it's a great song to sing. But I yeah. didn't really think much about like the the lyrical content, and mm. it is, it's a hugely emotional song. And that line, somebody that I used to know, is exactly how I've been feeling now. And it like yeah, it summarized it in such a nice way. It's it was it's just such a I don't know, like just how the universe works. It was just such a bizarre thing to come my way this week. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a weird feeling to have like an emotional reaction to to that song years down the line. And that 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 was that was I remember, and I I think I was in a similar place when it came out. Right, and it's one of those things. I think it was. It's really strange. I think I I I've, because. I, you know, I liked Gautier before this song came out. Yeah. I have a different sort of... I had a different relationship with it going in. And because I just happened to hear it, that probably would have been one of the first times it was played. Like, it was right. new music that they were playing. So, yeah, yeah. It, it would have been one of the first times it was put out there. It, was, it would have been that week. Um, And I remember... It, it's just this thing that there's a reason it became one of the biggest songs, yeah. you know? It, yeah, and, absolutely. You know, and 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 it was because I think it just hit people. It, it it's so specific, but it's so broad. Mm-hmm. And um, I, there's something I think that I think people look at that song now and they think, oh yeah, that like like one hit wonder, or mm-hmm. they don't realize that this wasn't this wasn't. You know, it, it was just he makes his music in a shed, like to an hour out of Melbourne. This wasn't like a cynical pop song. This was someone yeah. landed on something that resonated, yes. landed on something that just like blew up. Yeah. Um, and then he chose. I think he he's not made an album since. He's just done other stuff. You know, right. with his, he went back to his old band. Like he chose to let it be. I don't think he wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. That big. But it was very strange to see it become this massive thing yeah. when it's actually, like you said, it's a, it's a really, it's hard to see part through what it became, but it's actually a really beautiful song yeah. with great lyrics and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that's why I was, yeah, I was like, cause I felt the same. I'm like, oh, it's not very cool to pick the <laughs> biggest song of 10 years ago, but I was like, you know what? I fell in love with it right away. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tick. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So song two then is a song that took you a while. So you've gone with Sam's Town by The Killers. Mm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'm picking a lot of songs from that era. Mm. Um. Yeah. That was just one. That was. You know. That was a really funny one as well because I chose that one for. <laughs> just I had this memory of I remember I read a review about the album Sam's Town uh-huh. and um, it was like it was a really positive review and it was like uh, takes you a little bit it takes a few listens to really click and I remember I listened to that album you know because Killers were the big and I, I listened to that album and I was like no I quite like this album yeah um, I don't know what they're talking about. I like it quite a lot. And I listened to it a few more times. I was like, yeah, it's a pretty good album. This song's pretty good. It's a fine song. <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. And then I remember literally like months later, I listened to it and I was like, oh, 
okay, there's something here, like, more than the pop sort of layer on top of it. This is... And it was really interesting because it's not that I hated it the first time I heard it. Mm -hmm. I liked it the first time I heard it. But it took me a long time to click to how good of a song it was and how, like, interesting of a step it was for them. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they didn't really top... Like, that was kind of the peak in terms of what they were putting out there you know yeah i just think it's a really it's really cool it's really cool i think that um you know i've since heard things about it but it's really interesting that they the story i've heard is that they were doing british music you know with their first album Mm -hmm. and they were going around doing you know that they always saw themselves living in Las Vegas. They always saw themselves as different to the people around them and they wanted to do British style music. And then they were touring that first album and it was while they were touring, they realized that what was distinct about them actually was where they were from. And that actually, because they'd never left Las Vegas, they never realized how distinct it was. They always thought Mm. that what made them distinct was their Britishness and when they left, they realized that what made them distinct was the fact that they were from Vegas. Okay. And I think there's something so cool or interesting in that for, like, creative people that to... to When you grow up in something or when you grow up surrounded by something, you don't realize that that's your perspective. You don't realize that that's your... Yeah. little view of the world and that's what you have that no one else has mm, mm-hmm. um, and it takes a long time to realise that and I, I think that's really that that's something that means a lot to me that idea right yeah yeah that's really interesting I was like so I, I didn't know any of that but I, I was massively into the killers around uh, like this yeah. album and I remember thinking like it was a big a big turn for them and it totally makes sense that their album before was like they were going for a British sound because that's that that really really makes a lot of sense to me in terms of like the rest of the music that I was listening to around then as well, um, mm. but yeah, I th- I think again, listen to this was like a nice a really nice blast from the past because I think mm. because of like my taste in music has changed over the years and I think the Killers have obviously gone in a in a different direction with their music as well, um, I think I've just sort of. And I, I think the other thing is like the the previous album. I can't remember the name of the album, but like Mr. Brightside and uh, mm, mm. um, what's that other one? Uh, yeah, I'm having a mental blank as well. I can't help you here. Uh, Mr. Brightside isn't that the, been in the tracks in the charts ever since it came out? Isn't that basically the fun fact about <laughs> Mr. Brightside? Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure it's been in the top forty ever since it came out. This yeah. fact, of, I don't oh, know if that's true. Well, it, it feels like <laughs> um, it, yeah, it feels like ubiquitous. But like, but yeah. Oh, so somebody was, told me as well. That's the one. That's the one. Mm. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, like the fact that Mister Mister Brightside and somebody told me like those songs were, I I I think those those songs have been become so big and they're just not they're just not songs I like as much anymore. Mm. So I've not connected with their new stuff and I've kind of written off their old stuff and then listened to mm. this was such a nice blast from the past because I was like oh I actually I love this album when it came out and mm. I still really really like it now so it's a really really nice thing to go back to because I haven't listened to The Killers in 
Same, many same. years. So I think going back to this album is like a, a really nice treat. Even like when we were young, um, or when you were young, which is like, mm. was their massive hit from that song. Even listening to that again was like, oh no, I, I love this song and it still holds up really well. Yeah, and it's just got... Because uh, I'm the same. Like, I, I was... This was the strange thing. Like, when you were with these prompts, I was like, there's just something... It's hitting... So, like, <laughs> like, I changed a couple of choices because of, like, I don't really listen to that much, like, indie male-led indie bands from 2006, <laughs> as you would probably think from this playlist. <laughs> like, I don't know what this playlist is. But, um... <laughs> But uh, there was something about these questions that was hitting that point, right. and it's like, and it is, it's just that I don't know. I, lo- I love, I love that when you when that context, I think that the 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 depth of their perspective, and it's so true, you know, yeah. like because Samstown is 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 a word. I think it's like there was a casino in the old part of Las Vegas, right. and a lot of the album is about the Las Vegas they knew beyond the strip, and it's like. Yeah, it's 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 just it's just cool that notion. I think yeah. I really love that. Definitely, you know. All right, perfect. Yeah. Uh, all right. So song three then is a song from your introduction to music. So we've touched on this. So this is Celebrity Skin by Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first. I was tossing up. I was like, do I do the first uh, something from the first album, Aqua Aquarium, um, which is a great album of pop hits. Do I do something from the first single I bought? And then I was also thinking about the stuff my parents listened to. You know, my parents really loved Simon and Garfunkel, The Beatles, and and I still listen to them a lot, like that kind of music. And then I was just like, I just went with the first single. I always thought it was funny. The idea of me is just like a little (laughs) eight-year-old just rocking out to this song. And I since got really into Smashing Pumpkins and stuff, but that happened later. Like I just, it was this real weird outlier that I just loved this song in the same way I loved Aqua Aquarium. Yeah. (laughs) Like I just, like, I don't know. I just heard this great pop song with a hook and I didn't think it was anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's why I picked it. Perfect. I have an image in my head which is very funny of um of like the music play- playing from your bedroom which is just an entire <laughs> album of Aqua and then this song and then back to the entire <laughs> album of Aqua like, what's that one <laughs> what was that last one <laughs> it's a bit weird and it's also just got like quite dark lyrics I think not not dark but just I just it's very funny this image yeah. of a little eight year old but that it's yeah. I think it's the guitar hook that I love yeah, you yeah, know it's yeah. just so yeah yeah it's I, I don't think it's like lyrical content that an eight year old would connect with emotionally but, uh, <laughs> but yeah it's a, it's a fun song <laughs> alright that's great uh, song four then is a song that makes you happy so your song is two thousand places by the Polyphonic Spree. Mm. Mm. I, uh, I, I, so this is a fun fact. I really, 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 uh, I can't listen to music when I write anything. Right. I, I can't listen to music when I, anything. It, it just, it, I find it too distracting. Sure. Um, for various reasons. Um, and the only album I can listen to while I write is, um, 
the album that this song is from okay. from Polyphonic Spree. Right. Um, and I don't know why that is. I think maybe I just listen to it a lot. Uh-huh. I also think it's got a um, it's a Polyphonic Spree with this band from the late two thousands, <laughs> like all of them. So. Far. <laughs> um, and they, but they were a band of 25 members and they used to wear robes right. and they had like a nine person choir mm-hmm. and it was, uh, the, 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 the lead singer was playing around with something like an orchestral kind of sound for, for indie music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which then like blew up for, uh, who did the suburbs? Um, Arcade Fire. Arcade Fire. I remember reading an interview where I think he was a little filthy with Arcade Fire because they came along and did his thing and then became like the biggest oh, indie okay. band yeah, in the yeah. world. Yeah. And he was like, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and I remember it was just, they used to wear robes and it was this funny thing. And um, I was talking about Big Day Out, a music festival a little while ago. That was like this music festival that, would travel Australia and a lot of teenagers would go to it. And mm-hmm. I remember I saw them and I, I thought they were really fun. I was like, Oh, that's funny. Is this a cult? Ha ha. What's with this? Yeah, yeah. And then I listened to the lyrics of the songs and something I love about their lyrics is they, they do really positive music. The, mm-hmm. the music is really positive, but it doesn't deny that life is hard. And right. it doesn't deny that the world is dark. And yeah. I love that. I, I think when positivity is fantasy, it doesn't resonate for me. But right. I love a song that's like, it does suck, but it's going to be okay. Right. And that's what I love about this song. You know, yeah. there is a lot of pressure on you right now, mm-hmm. but it will be okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what I look for in positivity, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's funny you say that, actually, because the... Um... I was again. This is really nice to go back to the polyphonic spray because, yeah, uh, I, I when I saw this on the list, I was like, "Why do I know that band name?" And it was yeah, yeah. Reach for the sun was like their big hit, and yeah, they I, I knew that song because they performed it on Scrubs. <laughs> is, I remember just, that. Yeah. I remember that. All of them with the, the balloons, the yeah, and the tambourines and everything. Yeah, yeah just a, a weird thing. But um, but yeah, like it. Uh, that's exactly why I didn't connect with the band. Like I like the song, but "Reach for yeah. the Sun" is one of those songs that is like it's it's positive, but like the the messaging is just like do your best, guys, and everything is good. And uh, yeah, that for me, I just didn't like. I don't. It. I think that's that's kind of the lyrical content that I don't connect with. Is like if it's that or if it's like. <laughs> If the song is just about like we're all gonna have a good time, aren't we, guys? Or like mm. put some. Anytime someone says put some music on in a song, I'm like, nah, not for me. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's funny because you said this earlier about like the um, process of discovery with listening to albums. Like I used to go, through, I went through a phase where if I liked a song, I would listen to a band's entire discography. And like I've talked about yeah. this on the show before, but. Like, I had every single Goo Goo Dolls song on my iTunes and it was a nightmare. Um, but I, all, I then went through a phase where it was like, if I didn't connect emotionally with a song, that was it for me. Like, the like as far as I was concerned, the Polyphonic Spree are a one-hit wonder. I didn't really listen to much of their music. Mm. 
um so this was really nice to go back to a song where whereas he said like there's a lot more depth to this song i think than than reach for the sun and it's, mm. it's nice to to listen to the whole album and hear a whole sort of like journey in terms of the the musicality mm. of it there's, like there's a lot of there's a lot of depth and there's a lot of like uh rise and fall and yeah the, the whole the whole thing is is wonderful so it was really nice to go back to and like have a sort of reminder of like okay like there's something different to what you had in your head you know but i think like almost they were putting themselves out a certain way you know mm. like it, it was their hook you know right but i think it was also a limitation that they, they were a much more yeah. interesting band than i think they put out to the world than they yeah. made you think um which is great if you got to the next level with them but i can yeah. see why you know even even just the layer they put on top of it it's it's how it's how you view them yeah mm-hmm. it, it's interesting if they had presented themselves a different way mm would they have been taken more seriously or would no one have listened at all? You yeah. know, that's the reason I got into them was because I was intrigued by the, the look. Yeah, yeah. But, but then what I discovered was something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's a really, yeah. 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 But it's, this it's is my journey. Like, this is what I've. No, go ahead. Oh, no, go. <laughs> I was just going to, I was just going to say, that's my task is to make you reassess all the one hit wonders <laughs> of the mid 2000s. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what were you gonna say sorry that's just like that's just that's just me though i mean um i judged the polyphonic spree based on one song i heard in a tv show and that's like how i sort of like wrote off the entire band like they they had they had an album around that song they had albums before i just didn't give that a chance yeah that that's i think that's more of a me problem than it is a, a them problem but um but yeah, but this this album is is beautiful, and this this song is fantastic. I really really liked it. Yeah, it's a it's a yeah it's 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 very special to me yeah. this album, and it it like I said, I, it is everything I've ever written yeah. has had this album on loop playing in the background. Okay, um, I don't know. There's just something about it that, that just it it plays at the frequency of my brain. I think nice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we'll take the, the, the tone down then So a, a song that makes you sad is uh, Fistful of Love by Anthony and the Johnsons Yeah, that's an interesting choice Now that I think about it Because I don't, it doesn't make me sad In any, um, like uh, It doesn't like hit me It's not like it, there's a memory attached to it yeah. Or or um or like it 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 um it evokes it's just i think it's just when i think of songs that are it it's the song it's in the songwriting it's in the yeah. in the artistry of it you know yeah. it it's just i think a profoundly sad song <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the, it, is, it just yeah. really hits you, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah all right yeah but it doesn't. It it's, doesn't um, have a particular like like emotive response for you. Then it's just sort of. Oh yeah, like it really does. I think I think I love this song. Yeah, it's from an album that I I love a lot. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the album, but I, it's uh, Anthony and the Johnsons, um, Anoni. 
is her name now. Um, I can't think of the name of the album, but that album, I'm a Bird Now, is is an incredible, incredible yeah, album. Um, and it's a concept album, and it's it's one of the you know talking about listening to albums. It's um, it's a really really great album, you know, mm. and it it really, I think. What I love about the album and this song, but the album as a whole, is the power of art Mm -hmm. as a vehicle for empathy. Mm -hmm. You know, that that whole album is about... uh, It's about uh, transitioning, which is not something that I personally tackle or or, or have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, And it came out well before that was sort of in the zeitgeist of a, as a conversation or anything before right. Anoni was out um, as trans. But it it conveys, I, you know, I, I, it just is the slightest window into understanding another person's lived experience. Fistful of Love as a song, you know, is about a, you know, to get, you know, trigger warning, but it's about, you know, domestic violence and it's from the perspective of a victim and it's from the perspective of a victim that's choosing to stay. Yeah. And all those are all things that are really, really hard for me to understand. But but I, it helps me. It, it it takes me to that place, and it it it, yeah. it helps to convey something. So that's why I love it, and and where what it does for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not. It's 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 in its empathy. It's in its in the fact that it it brings me to somewhere that I I'm not personally. Yeah. I love about it. Yeah. You know. Like there's something about the storytelling of this song. It's just it's there's. Mm. I think because it's not, it's not, um, it's a little subtle in a way because the perspective is of mm. someone who is like, you know, I, I know it comes from a place of love and, you know, I, it's someone trying to like empathize with their abuser and like relate to that, like put themselves in that mindset. Like it's almost like a Stockholm syndrome kind of vibe. And it's, um, mm. I think there's something about that that just is, is so devastating because you're listening to it knowing that like that person is just, stuck there for, for for that moment in that song like they're they're obviously in a really difficult place and they're not um able to to get away from that or do anything about that um and the the, the quality in her voice as well is is something that uh it's just resonates insane. with me it's so good yeah so like um it's so good a friend of the show i love saying friend of the show friend of the show annie lumsden had yeah. picked um uh hope there's someone which is the from the right, same album yeah. and it was the same category as the song that made her sad and um again i don't think she really had a particular reason for it i didn't really say it on the show but like just said like it's a song that she puts on and it just like makes her think of life and makes her feel sad and that that's just how i felt listening to to that song and this one even if you don't focus on the lyrical content because her voice is just so i don't i don't know what it is about it exactly but it just it just makes you feel something, which is such a, it's, a strange it, and wonderful quality. I remember the first time. I remember the the, the first time I ever heard Anoni was. It was I was at a party. Um, I can't remember the context. It was in high school, and and the TV was on. It was wasn't a party. It was more of a gathering, and people were drinking. And the TV was on, and it was, David Letterman was playing, uh-huh. and um, 
she was on Letterman, I think, performing something from this album. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I remember people were like, who is that? Like, what are they doing? And they couldn't work out. They couldn't work out her gender. Like, they were like, is that a guy? Is that a girl? And they were like being really inelegant about that. And I remember just there was all this conversation and like a lot of like like negative talk around me. And I just remember being just like in in all of that noise, just being transfixed by this performer, just being completely mm. pulled in. It was just a TV in the corner of the room and just yeah. being like, I was like, I just, I don't, like it just, I've never been able to like put that noise away because right. she's got something so yeah. profoundly just her, her own. Yeah. Um, and that album is like, yeah, there's, it, when I think about it, there's just some of the, Darkest times in my life, I've put on this album. You know, there are times where I want to pull myself out. That's when I'll put on something like Polyphonic Spree. Yes. But this is one where I've gone, I just go with it. And particularly because the album has a journey. Yeah. um, And 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 the the journey of it, 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 it sort of... It, it's it's in such a dark place at the start and it pulls you into the light. Yes. It's a really good album to listen to when you're in a dark place because it, as it progresses, it, it starts so sad. Right. And then it, it moves to something so much. Yeah. It moves slowly to this sort of glimmer of hope. And right. it, it's a really nice album to listen to when you're not in a good place. Excellent. If, 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 you, if you, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't recommend that. It is a very sad <laughs> album. <laughs> it's good to have that though. Like to, like to, to have both of those things, you know, something that can lift you out and something that can just sit you in it. Uh, because that is, mm. I think, you know, that's something that, particularly as, as as men that's something that's not always talked about an awful lot but like it's it is good to like sit in your emotions and have a little cry if you need mm. to um yeah i i again i talk about them all the time but like um there's a, a scottish band frightened rabbit that i um adore i don't know them I'll... um yeah and they they are incredibly good at doing exactly what you described there which is that uh scott hutchison's the 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 songwriter and the lead singer he he actually um fortunately took his own life in 2016 i think um 2018 and uh he sang a lot about a, a lot about like depression and and like quite mm. dark thoughts and dark moments in his life and uh just quite you know difficult topics but he always talked about those songs being like a celebration of where we are now and a celebration of where we've come from and he always like tried to include an element of hope at the end of those songs. There was like a, a hopeful lyric or like the, 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 the music took like a sort of uplift in it as well. And it's it, like I, that that's like my music for, for difficult times. That's like the, the music that I've gone back to. And it's exactly the same thing. It's it's that it's having a moment to sit in it and then it's having something that's going to like, like elevate a little bit and sort of like mm. remind you that everything's going to be OK and sort of take care of it a little bit. So, yeah. It's it's a it's a beautiful thing to have mm. for sure. Mm, mm. It'll it'll. Uh, I, I feel like the um the this topic will come back again with one of the later songs. Okay. And I don't know if I should bring it in or just wait till we get to it. But yeah, no, I I I feel what you're saying for sure. Okay. Okay. I reckon I'll wait. Nine okay. inch nails. Hold that thought for nine right. inch nails. Okay. <laughs> 
but it's this old for Psalm 14. Um, yeah, there you go. All right. We'll keep, I'll, I'll keep people listening, yeah. Um, all right, song six is the song. To, song six. They're doing the maths right now, and they're like, if it's me. Like, God, this kid's can, can fucking talk, man. <laughs> All right, Nine Inch Nails. I'm gonna skip ahead like 50 minutes. <laughs> um, song six is a song to relax to. So you've gone for "Opening" by Philip Glass. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I really like Philip Glass a lot. I, uh, yeah, I just have. Uh, I just. Uh, I love. Um, I'm having a mental gap on uh, modulation. I love. I love the fact that his mov- music is always moving. Right but not really ever going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really like peaceful place to exist in. Yeah. I, I find it really relaxing. Yeah. Um, it was just sort of choosing one of his songs. Right, really. okay. okay. Um, yeah, I, I really love the minimalism of that, like contemporary contemporary classical, I guess, mm. is what I would say. Yeah. Um, there's a few artists, but in particular, Philip Glass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a strange one because I, lo- I looked into this and this is this is from an album that is just about or like inspired by trains I didn't know that oh okay That's so amazing. like the whole album is about um, it's like a it's, a it's a song about trains like they're all, it's all about like the different stages of the journey or like it's just sort of focused on one element of it so um, like if you if you listen to the song on Spotify you'll just see like trains going past like if you if you're viewing the song <laughs> so it's like but it's it's I, I, I like that as well. I, I think it's it, it put me in mind of um this is probably quite a reductionist thing to say, but it put me in mind of uh, do you know uh Ludovico and Ardi? Um Um no, 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 I don't, no. So uh have you have you seen This Is England? Yes. Right. Yeah. So do you know the, the 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 um the score for This Is England and the um the the T V shows as well? It's very similar, like it's sort Mm-mm. of piano based. Um, yeah, yeah, movie. yeah! I love the music. So is that the composer yeah, for This exactly. Is England? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, actually, I think I've I think I've been to a concert that played uh, his music. I think. Oh, okay. Anyway, go on. Yeah, right. yeah. I love This Is England. Yeah, yeah. But I think there's sorry, go on. <laughs> the, but there's something similar about that. Um, that type that that his music. It plays over a lot of like, I don't know, like stuff that is very like mundane and quite like like quite a bleak tapestry like quite bleak sort of um a uh, what's the, like a sort of landscape that they're viewing like it's you know like uh, mm. council houses and like sort of uh you know uh yellow lawns and, and stuff like that it's like it's kind of like you know there's something quite bleak about what's being viewed while that music plays and it brings a certain beauty to like really mundane stuff and I think that that's what I really liked about Philip Glass as well listening to this song it's like you could just like sit on a train and look out your window and listen to something like this and it would feel like the most beautiful thing in the world even if you're just like going past like an industrial estate or like a you know a landfill he's got he's got a quality that like the music I don't know how it's not emotional Mm. Um, so in turn you can then put any of your emotions onto it yeah absolutely I think it's a very technical I think he approaches music in in a really technical way and 
it's it's interesting that you brought up this is England because I um you know I I grew up I I'm I, I'm middle class um but I grew up in an area I, I'm middle class what does that even mean like there are very wealthy people that call themselves middle class <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh um I I don't want to I just don't want to like pretend that you know like create a history for myself where i'm in the council houses and you know i came from nothing you see but um i came from an area that uh uh you know like its main industry was coal mining um and went through privatization in the 90s and you know it, it 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 didn't affect me or my family um it's like you know in a very direct way so I would hate to like make that sound like that's what I'm saying, but it's, yeah, it's interesting because I, I do want to make stuff about where I grew up and, and things about where I grew up. And I often am drawn to Philip Glass as the music for that, that sort of place. And, right, okay, yeah. and I'm often drawn to, um, cinema from the UK because I think you know, this is England is a huge example of of it, but you know, even in a popular sense, like um, you know, Full Monty and Billy Elliot does it as well. There's this sort of yeah. Compared to Australia, like just the 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 ability to find the beauty in places like that, yeah. and and the ability to find the um, you know. Like this is England is such a beautiful film. Oh yeah, and 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 it, it could have been really bleak, but it's like it's like the filmmakers know that yeah. the subject matter is bleak enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't need to you don't need to then play really, you know. And it's just and it's interesting because yeah, I I often think about you know if I would ever make stuff. Philip Glass is such a big reference point, and his music I listen to a lot when I think about you know making stuff there because I mm-hmm. think it doesn't impose emotion. It, it lets emotion sit. And, right. and that's a, probably why I find it relaxing as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It doesn't ask me to feel anything. It just sort of is like, yeah, Hey, <laughs> feel what you want to feel. bro. <laughs> 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 I fellow class, you have a stoner at the end there. That's just like... <laughs> oh, as if he wasn't there. Look at the guy. <laughs> I'm going to go to, I'm going to go. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, so seven, then it's a song from your preteen years. So you've gone for Disarm by Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, that, I might be a little... I was, yeah, yeah, I love this song. I love this song. I, 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 I went through a run. I wasn't a particularly musical kid. Um, and, like, my parents liked bits and pieces, but I just went through a run of you know what like different favorite songs and and i was untethered by genre right you know i think my favorite song before disarm was um like the righteous brothers uh what's that one from from uh the pottery movie ghost oh um, um the pottery <laughs> all my uh it's it's that one you know pottery pottery ghost <laughs> Um, Thriller Is it Unchained Melody? <laughs> yeah, yeah Unchained Melody And then like immediately after it I couldn't even say But like Probably American Pie or But I just loved this song mm. I just I just loved it And I think my brother listened to Smashing Pumpkins a lot mm. And um, 
yeah, this song just resonated for me. I remember I heard once that when Billy Corgan wrote it, because obviously he was in the grunge world, he wanted to write a song about his parents. He had a really bad relationship with his parents and um, he he was like initially going to write something really, really angry. Mm-hmm. But then he was like, no, I want to write a song that makes them feel the way I feel. Right. So he wrote this. Wow. And I think that's really, really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a sucker for any like um, guitar-based music that brings in horn strings. Mm. It's, it's Yeah, it's a... A, a beautifully made song um i thought you just when you were saying about the production of it as well because I, I, I looked into the um the album as well and, and this is they talked about um layering their guitar tracks and they wanted to create a big sound without using uh reverb or delay which um i mean yeah as, as someone who's played a little bit of music fucking forget about it that's 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 a tricky one um but yeah, it just it creates this in, incredible, incredible sound, and obviously it's a it's a really well respected album and, and holds up really well. But um, but yeah, the, I, I'm a sucker for this kind of music. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and he's he's I think Corgan's Billy Corgan, like you know I think he this is a weird thing to say, but I think the fact that he was a grunge musician was purely or like he was hardly even that, but. The music he was making was purely because of the time he was, you know, coming up. Right. I think he's a really interesting example of, like, I think at his core, he's more of a producer. Mm. I think he's more of a... I don't... I think he would be... He would have been much more at home... He's still making music, but he would have been much more at home in his 20s now on a laptop, I think, than... He he wasn't making band music he was using the instruments of a band because that was what was in vogue at the time but yeah yeah. i think he was really building songs yeah much more like people build songs now i think yeah yeah i think we're we're better for it i i love it when like there's some sort of overlap or someone's like basically existing or using something that's just like wrong for their genre that just works like i I, yeah i saw an interview recently with dave Grohl where he said like like almost all the drumming he did for Nirvana was like disco. Yeah, yeah, I saw the same thing. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's like, and he's yeah. just like, I'm a bad drummer, and I listen to a lot of disco, and that's like that's basically what I did. And then you listen to it, like, holy shit! <laughs> like maybe that's why he's so revered. It's like he's just doing. It was just it's just so different and 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 worked really really well. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I yeah. I love that kind of overlap. It's it, it's always so interesting. So much more interesting than just like mm. you know a band saying, "Oh yeah, we're a good band and we put a good song together." Great. Mm. Yeah. 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 No, and it's very it's very like they choose. Um, I think I think great artists, you know, are drawing from more than than the time they're in. You sort of yes. see, you, you know, you look back at that era and there was a whole bunch of people that were like doing grunge because that was what was in but they would have been doing whatever right you know but it's like that there's there's artists of that era i think that you know i think um trent reznor is probably a great example of mm. you know if he was in the 70s he would have been doing something different but it would have been as good yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know like yeah. uh, you know mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i'll see all right song eight is a cover so we're going for Chelsea Hotel number two by Mrs. Mm. Wainwright. 
Yeah, I just I love this song. I I love this song so much. I love the original, um, and then I think he sings it really well. He has a lovely voice. Yeah. So you know that's always nice addition to a Leonard Cohen song. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I just really love this song for I. It's um. I love that it um. I love that it, it, I like that it explores a different kind of love, you know, or, or a different idea, um, Mm. that it's, you know, this isn't someone he particularly loved, but for a moment there was something really special. And I think I just really like a song that, um, is just talking about how something can be fleeting and it can be special. Yeah. You know, something can last one night. This song is about one night and that can be special. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last line of it where he says, I don't even think of you that often. Yeah. And then the way Rufus Wainwright in Rufus Wainwright fashion makes it a really dramatic big thing. But, you know, yeah. Leonard Cohen, the way he, he sings it is he, it, it is just like this throwaway line. He just literally is just like, yeah, yeah but... <laughs> and i i think that's just really really special you know yeah absolutely yeah i'm finding myself drawn more to that recently as well because i think again like having like tried to write music in the past and try to write lyrics and stuff there is a a tendency to try and make everything very big and like you know i want to write song about like this feeling and this feeling being like love okay so what am i going to say about love um Mm. but like having just like basically just like picking a thing and having like a different take on it or a different sort of like as you say like a different kind of love a different kind of relationship and just like making something beautiful from that i think is is fascinating um have you seen the documentary that this is from uh yes yeah years ago i haven't seen it in a really long time but um i love i love this documentary yeah. yeah um i it's it's and it's a great album yeah uh, I hadn't, I hadn't mm. uh, heard of the documentary before you sent me this list, so um, I'll need to check it out because like uh, um, Anony's on on there as well, and uh, mm. uh, you two are obviously like the big selling point in the in the trailer. Um, should, I wonder if they'd go in that direction again now if they if they could redo it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's it, yeah, it's a beautiful song. It's beautifully done. So. Yeah. It, it's a great album it's 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 from uh, this live performance i don't know you know the documentary's good but it's you know i think the album's as good it's it, it it's just really cool it's just really cool musicians you know mm. um bringing something it's just and he's such an incredible songwriter and yeah. such an incredible lyricist um yeah i have a real soft spot for for him as a lyricist and as a i love his poetry as well mm. and um, something I share with my partner and he, it's just exactly that. I think he, he, he finds the profound in the mundane. Right. And I think there was something that I, I really love that I heard <laughs> said of him or something that his obsessions are sex and death. Right. And those are the two most like primal things or like, those, and it's, yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. I don't know. I just think he finds the profound in things that sometimes we sweep under the rug a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 All right. Song nine is the song that you would sing at karaoke. So you've gone for Rocky Raccoon by the Beatles. <laughs> I can't remember what I chose. Yeah, it's easy to sing. Uh, 
Um, it's really easy to sing. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know you don't want to do anything that is too hard. Right. Um, I love the rhythm of it. I also just love that it like I just. I love this song, man. I, I hadn't thought about this song or sung this song in a long, or like listened to this song in a long time. But when you asked that question, I was like, "It, it like it, this is the one for for karaoke, right?" It's just so fun, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Do you think many karaoke bars would have this on the list? No, I've tried in the past. Um, I I I suck I suck at karaoke, right. and um, and. Uh, and uh, I've always got the weirdest fucking choices. I think the last yeah. time I did karaoke, me and Mark Bonanno from Auntie Donna, yeah. um, the comedy troupe I'm in, sang um, Chose Closer by Nine Inch Nails because we thought it would be funny. And then <laughs> I've never felt just worse in my entire life. We just thought it was funny that it was an option. We were like, that's right. funny that that's an option. Yeah. And then we got like, and we just... And it was just, I think it was in within the first verse, we were just like, oh, what have we done? <laughs> <laughs> you just had to keep singing it. And I, I, I literally felt like a sex fest. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not good. <laughs> I don't have the right vocal range for karaoke, man. <laughs> it's just not the right. It's, you know, maybe I could do Elvis. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Rocky Raccoon's sick. It's yeah. just, it's fun. What I love about Rocky Raccoon, here's what I love. Here's my defense of Rocky Raccoon. Yeah. I love, I love that, 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 that is like peak Beatles. That's like when they were like putting out some of their best songs. Right. And, and I just love that, like, the, here's the thing. Here's a profound idea <laughs> to be in defense. Is, is, um, uh, I remember I worked with um, a director once. I, I assistant directed a play many, many years ago with Annie Lumsden in it that featured the song Hope There's Someone. So that's possibly... Uh, okay. <laughs> um, and and I remember his mantra was the only way to make something amazing is to risk making something terrible. Right. Um and I think it's like, like more or less, you know, if you shoot for, if you, if you shoot for safe, you'll get good, fine. You know, yes. if you shoot for good, you'll get good. You'll never get great. Right. And, um, something I love about like this song is it's just so fun and easy and loose. And it's that energy that created some of their greatest songs. Right. You know, it was just this, like, let's just play. Yes. And then in that mix is Rocky Raccoon, which I think is a great song, but it's not like, their greatest yeah. <laughs> um, but it's that that sense of play that allowed them to discover the other stuff they were making at that time yeah yeah it's it's more because it's in my vocal range and I can remember the words but <laughs> <laughs> yeah I yeah. know oh, it's I, I I did like this I, I did think it's a bit of a uh, strange choice for for karaoke um, I, I, I just the idea of you singing this in a room full of people going like what? What? What's this about a raccoon? What's he saying? <laughs> it's so funny to me. But um, the song- I'm, I'm a I'm a weird dude. I, I'm not good at parties. <laughs> I'm not good at making the choice. <laughs> this is reflective of who I am as a person. <laughs> this is the best thing I can choose for karaoke. Oh, um, but yeah, the, the song is so great, and I 
I like that about um I like that about like you know certain certain comedy as as, as well as um the Beatles which is that I yeah you, you, there are songs like this and um where you can tell that it's just like they're just fucking around like I would imagine this mm. song took them like a day or two to to write and mm. put together because it's just like they've got a story the rhyme structure is very simple and they really don't need to do an awful lot musically um and and there's another song that's come up on a a list recently as well which is um you know my name look up the number which is another yeah another song of theirs where they're basically just like it's like four minutes of them just like fucking around um and <laughs> I like that and I like that in comedy as well when you can see someone just like having a bit of fun and just trying something and just like it doesn't really matter if it if it works or if it's good it's just like this is just what we're feeling in the moment this is just what we're gonna do um and yeah and then sometimes you get like you get a hit off the back of it and and sometimes it's Mm. Rocky Raccoon but um (laughs) but it's a lot of fun it really is a lot of fun yeah and it's it's just like um yeah, like uh, all you can be is uh, you know same director that said the thing I said before about you want great yeah. said that um, you know he talked about uh, if you want to do if you're doing a production of Hamlet he was a theatre director he was like if you're doing a production of Hamlet you can't make the best Hamlet you can't the goal can't be to make the best Hamlet all you can do is make the best Hamlet in the room that you're in in yeah. the theatre you're in with the people that you've got right that that's the goal yeah, yeah. and i think it's that I, I love that idea of just like um when we shoot for perfection that's when you get me- mediocrity i think right. yeah you've actually just kind of got to vibe it sometimes yeah. and have a bit of fun yeah you know is there like have you ever have you ever made a connection between like the um like the beatles and their energy between like and and auntie donna because like you know my name look up the number has a very like um I, you're, you know, obviously, Christmas puds doing the rounds at the minute, and like, uh, you know, take some cake is kind of like it's just sort of fucking around kind of energy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like that. That's that's. I think sometimes we came from a place where we would try really, 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 really hard, and then YouTube freed us to sometimes just sh- shoot our shot. And like, there are certain sketches that we've made that so much bigger than anything we've ever done. Pud is a really good example. Pud, the script for Pud is half a page of dot points. Right, yeah. It was the fact that I thought it was funny that um, people in the UK say Pud instead of dessert. Yeah. That was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Tick. Um, <laughs> tick. <laughs> it's a silly little word. <laughs> um, and then... Um, that's about it. <laughs> and, then, and then I think, you know, the, we're like, oh, you know, maybe we could do something around Christmas and there always being room for Pud. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then we wrote a half a page of notes. We filmed it in our office. Right. And that's by far the biggest sketch we've ever made. And I think that it, it, it's, um, yeah, like I think sometimes you've just got to vibe it. You right. know, sometimes you've just got to feel it out. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Like, just being in a collaborative group, it's very similar to... The, most comedians are solo. So, right. I look more to bands. Absolutely, I look more to bands uh, Yeah, for the experience. 
you know all right okay yeah because that, that but yeah. you do end up then with that very like i think put has that sort of very playful energy that would be similar to sort yeah. of what we're talking about with the beatles so um and it's also like um you know when you do a live thing it's that's that difference as well you have to rehearse for live yeah you have to rehearse because then you know you just do yeah. because you're in control like you have to be present for the whole thing and if you lose the audience you lose the audience whereas when you're filming something same as when you're recording something yeah you can fuck around with the freedom of knowing you can cut that, that you never have to show that to anyone. Right. And it's a very different kind of play Mm -hmm. because if you're on stage fucking around, it's your job to then bring the audience back on board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whereas, so it's like with a band, I suppose you can't jam on stage unless, you know, whereas you can literally just fuck around in front of a camera and then pick the best minute yeah and makes and that's a very different energy you know that's an energy that's very rare because because and it makes you look really good when actually it's just an editor picking the one funny thing you did (laughs) in a 20 minutes all right yeah so that's uh, we got a very very good defense of rocky raccoon as a as a karaoke (laughs) i think we did very well i think it's more that i'm just a weird dude and i don't know how to pick a fucking normal celine dion song and then give it a crack i like it steal my sunshine that's a good one why didn't i think of that That's right. I'm just gonna, there you go. I'm just going to cut the last 10 minutes to be like, okay, so you've been still my sunshine. Yeah, it's a good song. Brilliant. It's a fun, good easy one. song in my range. There you go. Everyone loves it. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Song 10 is a song that reminds you of a specific place. So you've gone for Flesh Without Blood by Grimes. Yeah. Um, Edinburgh, it reminds me of the Edinburgh Festival Fringe, oh, specifically. Yeah. It reminds me of the uh, second or third year I was there. I just had Grimes playing non-stop. I don't know what it was, but there was a particular UK tour I was doing uh, where when I got into Grimes. Uh-huh. And that album that that's from just hit me so hard. Right. Um it's interesting. It's uh, it's a really interesting thing that I noticed as well is because because I'm now a professional sort of comedian, right? And I do my job full time is making you know stuff. Yeah. And for a long time, my job full time was touring. I toured a lot, and and it, when I was listening to that album, I was touring a lot. I was away from home a lot. Mm. Um. It's interesting because I really got into second albums at that point. I got into the difficult second albums okay, at that yeah, point. Yeah. And and I realized it was because what happens is artists on their first album, oftentimes that's 10 years of work, you know, songs they've been writing for years and years right. and years. They finally get their chance. They put everything on it. On their first album, they put, you know, so much of themselves in that album and then you know, then maybe they blow up and they then they're touring. They're just touring and touring and touring off the success of their first album. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, fuck, I've got to make a second album now. And then they sort of write this album usually about... A, 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 they've used up all their best songs, so now they make this album about a very specific time in their life. Yes. 
and all they know how to do at that point is 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 reflect their life and it worked so well on their first album yeah and then oftentimes people are like uh you didn't really make me feel anything with this difficult second album right. and then on the third and fourth they tend to develop their skills as an artist if if they have the opportunity to yeah and they learn how to take their very peculiar very particular life experience and maybe find the universality in it or change the lyrics to be a little more accessible or you know you know or or, you know like in something like chelsea hotel number two which is a song about a very successful folk singer fucking another very successful folk singer in one of the most cool uh hotels in the entire world (laughs) at the time he somehow works out how to make that a universal experience right yeah um that happens later in 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 someone's career i think and and i just found myself in this moment like oh wow i've got like this whole wealth of music i'm having this really specific lived experience uh that there's a lot of artists have made an album about oh yeah Um, right yeah because i was on tour and i was you know missing home and it's a very it's it's a hard to describe it's a very isolating strange experience you're performing for all these people um and you but but you're not connecting with many people you can feel very lonely Mm -hmm. um and, and I just realized, I was like, oh, a lot of these albums, this album was very successful for Grimes, but a lot of second albums are like, yeah, they're great. <laughs> they're just too specific. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. just, yeah, you know, it's yeah. Like, that was sort of, a, yeah, it's oh, wow. a weird thing to notice, but yeah, it, it's just people not knowing how to, how to make a very specific lived experience. Right. That's, I don't know. That's but a it was your lived It's a little wacky. Or, that, yeah. No, that works. Yeah. Yeah, wow, okay. yeah. I was like, so it's good for it's good for people making their difficult second albums. That's what difficult second albums are good for. <laughs> that's the, the point in their life. Oh, um, that's 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 just what I was. Yeah. Anyway, and it, I listened to this album so much at that point in time mm-hmm. that it just like it it make, it takes me back to there. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's a weird it's a weird observation. It's yeah. a little bit of a left oh, field like thing. Um right, Yeah. I don't know, Grimes is great. Um it's a shame she married Elon Musk, but other than that, <laughs> she makes great music, really good producer. Apart from that, big thumbs up for Grimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> apart from Mario. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, apart from that weird bit. <laughs> the last song the last song was really good. But it was like, I'm like, this is about Elon Musk. <laughs> it was like, I can't connect with this anymore. <laughs> like, you're literally talking about Elon Musk going and, and, and building rocket ships. <laughs> like, you've, 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 like, you've overtaken me there in lived experience, mate. <laughs> I wonder if like like fifty episodes down the line, I'm gonna have Elon Musk's second wife on on here and be like, yeah, like I, I listened to this grime song and it was just like a very specific lived experience that just connected with me because that was I'm the only other person in the world who's experienced. That. Oh man, 
It's so funny. No, it's just... It's, yeah. It, also, also, I'm not really a lyrics guy either. That's the other thing I would say. So, mm-hmm. I always like... I don't know. I don't know why I'm saying that. I think it was because the, her last song was a, it was a lyrics video. Right. I was seeing the lyrics. Yeah. I was like, oh, I wish I hadn't seen the lyrics. I probably <laughs> wouldn't have absorbed... I probably would have found my way into this song, but now I'm just like, <laughs> this is just about Elon Musk. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it's just her and the board of Twitter that can relate to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right. You're off with the board of Twitter building <laughs> rocket ships. Okay. Oh man. Uh, all right. Song eleven <laughs> is a song reminds you of a specific person. So you've gone for "Into My Arms" by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's like. Uh, mine and my partner's song um yeah yeah i don't know i don't know uh what 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 the story is there it 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 kind of goes i think with the whole um the whole theme of some of the other stuff you know like uh yeah i think i love a song that that acknowledges everything you know like Mm. in how i was saying about 2000 places um, I don't believe in God. I should, uh, and uh, and where do you find that? Where do you find that? You know, and where do you find that that weight mm. of? Um, I don't know. I just think there's something really beautiful about that song. Yeah, and and the the, the he's pulling from imagery, and he's pulling from like history. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way that shows the weight of a love you can feel for someone. Yeah. But then in a way that isn't like weird because he's like yeah, very openly, he's like, I don't believe these things, but yeah. I get it. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I, love I, I know what you mean. Like as a, as a I mean, I'm, I'm an atheist, but I did connect with this song in that level. It's like there is something about I don't know, just there's just certain moments in life or certain certain things that happen, and you know you do find yourself drawn to I don't know like a higher power or like something bigger than yourself. And I think the the big thing with me and my wife is 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 fate. Like I don't I don't believe mm-hmm. in fate. I don't believe that things happen for a reason. I think things just happen. But then I look at I look at my life and I look at my relationship and I look at like all the things that had to happen in order for me and my wife to meet and then and that puts me in a in a, in a headspace of like well maybe you know may, maybe mm. there's something to it maybe 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 I'm wrong um and I think I think that's I think that's enough I think that maybe is enough I uh I remember my ex-partner there mum was really Christian and we were having a conversation about and we really it was always a bit awkward because mm. um, I wasn't super Christian yeah. I was a you know lapsed Catholic mm. which is the worst kind of <laughs> non-Christian <laughs> even when you were Christian you weren't the right kind of Christian <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, and I was I was uh it was this really we had this really really interesting conversation about you know 
uh, I wasn't just doing comedy then I was doing like uh, highfalutin theatery stuff and we were talking about art and, and she was talking about how she wanted to paint at, at the church service and, and, and we got to talking about paint and um, like art and all the different kinds of art and particularly music and 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 we we came to this place that I thought was really really interesting where it was we were talking about the fact that we're both reaching for the same thing mm-hmm. with with art with music with 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 whether we engage with art or make art we're we're both reaching for the same thing mm-hmm. the only difference is she believed it existed and I believed that it was through this reaching for it you know, that's where the value that was. we were getting there. Wow. Yeah, you know, the, this idea of she was trying to find a connection with something that she believed was there, uh-huh. and I was trying to get as close to that yeah. feeling, knowing that that that's that's it. In my opinion, right? That's what I'm doing when I make this stuff, or when I listen to this music, or when I sing this music, or whatever I do. It's me just trying to get that feeling. Yeah. But we're reaching for the same thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah, I, I always thought that was a really strange point of connection for us to make, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. As yeah. um, as someone who's dealt with a lot of um, very close-minded Christians in my in my past, it's very nice to have that kind of conversation. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I get a lot of, um, but I am right about God, so you are wrong. Okay. Well... Um, there's not much point in continuing with the conversation. Is there? Like the show. Um, <laughs> okay, it's like cool. Yeah, but that's that's that that, yeah. that genuine. That's a that's a that's a really fascinating thing to have that connection with someone who believes something that's like the polar opposite to you, especially with a with a god. Yeah. There's like it's, it's it's so like all or nothing, isn't it? It's like you know you either believe in God or you're going to hell. So it's um, mm. well, like that's that's the kind of conversations I've had anyway. But, um, yeah, and it's it's uh, and and it's such a shame. And it's like uh, I also just think a lot about uh, you know I went to a funeral recently, and it was a. I always struggle with atheists like like uh, civil funerals uh-huh. of all the of all the civil ceremonies. Civil funerals are the ones I struggle with the most. Again, I don't believe in God. Haven't since I was like twenty, but there's something to the the lack of ceremony mm, mm-hmm. or the lack of yeah and it's like and that, that's why i love this song you know because it's it it's drawing on the like it's i think it's trying to find some of those structures from a from an atheist viewpoint yeah you know? yeah um, it's also just beautiful yeah i think it's it just is. such a beautiful song it's also you know nick cave is up and was up until this point very very highfalutin and yeah and this song's actually really simple and small mm-hmm. and and raw and i think i love i love that i love this as you can tell i love to talk <laughs> <laughs> and uh i i love a song i love the the power of simplicity and the power of being you know that moment where he says and i believe in love mm. it's just like how from another artist from another viewpoint that could be saccharine but from him you know that 
that's the hardest thing is to just say something that simple. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the risk of being saccharine is really, I don't know. I, yeah, I just love this song. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right. Song 12 then is a song that motivates you. So you've gone for Don't Kill My Vibe by Sacred. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun song. <laughs> God, the tone of this of this conversation is all over the place. <laughs> well, that's that's me, baby. Um, you know, and it's just, it, I think very similarly of this song as I do of that's kind of the motif of I think um, what I respond to lyrically. I right. think is. I don't like a song that's like, you got this girl. I like a song that's like, yeah, they're a cunt and you got this. <laughs> yeah. If, 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 if I'm going to be motivated, yeah. I like something that acknowledges what I'm being no- motivated against. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the same way that if I'm going to be cheered up, I want a song that says, yeah, life sucks. Right. Let's get out of this. Yes. That's what I love about this song. It, it It's um, it's funny because it's not... It, I, you know this I, I don't know it's such a great pop song and it's funny that it didn't cut through more because mm. I just think it's such a fun positive song and and I yeah I, I just love that it's like it's it's acknowledging you know it's talk, talking about it's saying you know it's a really good song to listen to when I'm just feeling frustrated or right feeling um yeah yeah, I, I I love this song because it's 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 motivating from a place of acknowledging what's what's maybe holding me back, you know. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's it. Yeah. It's good sometimes to have a little bit of like a little bit of anger in there, a little bit of like, all right, fuck you, kind of energy, and like having a a rationale behind it as well is quite useful when it's like when you're just like trying to get a little bit of like just a bit of get up and go like getting up and doing something or like getting like getting riled up to to get on with something it is good to have that sort of like i'll show you kind of energy yeah and i know i have songs that are more purely upbeat yeah you know i I listen to a lot of pop now and a lot of like um poppier like not pop pop but like um yeah fun sort of upbeat sort of music right but um in terms of motivating this is a really good one to listen to i think when I'm feeling frustrated right. and when I'm feeling like, um, yeah, I, I really like this song from that, that point of view, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it, it's, um, it's good for that, you know? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Is that I, yeah. all right. Okay. We're again, we're going in a different direction here. Song 13 is a song that someone introduced you to. So you've gone for, we're all going to die by Malcolm Middleton. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um it's uh <laughs> I I looked at the song title and I I genuinely had a thought of it's not just going to be about that, right? And then the refrain is <laughs> we're going to die. We're all going to die. We're going to die alone. Um yeah, I don't know like I there is no you you tell me why you've picked this song first and then i'll i'll uh 
Oh, friend introduced... You know, I really struggled with this one. I was like, who? Like, I was like, <laughs> what's this? Because I... I don't know. I've got I've got a pretty eclectic taste in music. Right. Um, and uh, not eclectic. It's all 2006 <laughs> one-hit wonders. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is... And that's what I was saying. This is not super... I, I changed out a song to put Grimes in because I was like, that's more what I listen to now. Like, I listen more right. to like that kind of music i was like this is not um but this particular song was a friend of mine alex introduced to me and he used to um he used to back in the day we used to he used to burn cds for for me and we would burn cds for each other back and um we would uh recreate the cd cover with uh black texter on the um do you call them texters in northern ireland what do you call like sharpies Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and uh, we would draw, we would try to recreate drawings of of these different albums, and um, so he would, yeah, he introduced me to a ton of music. Right, I remember he loved um, "Fuck Forever" by Baby Shambles. Do you remember that song? Uh, I don't actually know. Oh man, it was like the one good song that guy did, and it, and and it's not <laughs> even a good song. Like it's a good hook. Right, when he okay. says "fuck forever," there's this one line that's just incredible, and the rest of the song's kind of messy. And yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, Alex, he was just a really good friend, and um, he used to introduce me to heaps of music. And this okay. particular song, I don't know. I, I I love this song. I love the contrast of it. Yeah, it's not really like anything else Malcolm Middleton did. I'm I'm not really a big fan of of of. Like not to say I'm not a fan, I just I don't really listen to anything else by him. Sure. It's just it's just this particular song, I love the contrast of it. I think it's kinda I don't know. It's it's similar to the other ones. There's just something really fun. It's got a it's really jaunty. Yes. And it's really fun. Yeah. Um and then the lyric is just like pretty much on loop, we're all gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of almost feels like a like a joke but then it's also kind of like um freeing in a way like it's just it's actually quite an uplifting song in a strange way i don't know yeah you yeah. know yeah. yeah like there's something up uh, uh, you know upbeat about going that i don't know i just i've always loved it, it right, there's okay. something to the contrast of it and um yeah i don't know i think contrast is uh the key to good anything yeah um and this is a really like obvious version of that but i think um uh there should always be a counterweight to everything you make in comedy you know there should always be something countering anything you make anything you do um there should be contrast i think right contrast should be the core thing so whatever it is you're doing you should be thinking about how you're counterweighting it yeah and uh, i think this is a great example of that yeah. yeah. In a really base kind of way. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a hard one because, yeah. So, okay. No, it's just with the, um, so with the, with the, with the category, it, it's typically it's been like, oh, you know, someone sent me this song and said, like, I think you're really going to love it. And, you know, I, I really liked it kind of thing. Um, and I find that so funny listening to it, just the idea of someone go, like sending you just this song and saying, <laughs> Zach, you're really gonna like this song, and then you sit and go like, "We're gonna die, we're gonna die." We're like, 
why why did you send this to me um <laughs> but yeah <laughs> i was a fucked up kid man i was this weird little 17 year old in coal mining country i was a little chubby billy elliot you know we needed our <laughs> Oh, we like, needed our music, you know. Yeah, um, but no, I do agree. Like, and again, it's um, I, I again, I'll, I'll mention it again. Before Frightened Rabbit, I think is an, uh, um, they have similar kind of energy in a way, which is you know that there's are there are, yeah, like uh, death is inevitable and it comes for us all, and but like acknowledging that and and being aware of that, it's 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 a similar sort of feeling to me as like um you know when people say like oh you know this person's super successful but they they put their pants on the same way every day one leg at a time mm. like it's a, a similar kind of leveling kind of feeling but obviously a lot more extreme um so yeah there is there is something strangely comforting about it as well as it being a very jarring thing it's, it's not like it's a, a throwaway line it's the it's the crux of the song so for like for like three minutes you're just having someone telling you over and over again that you're going to die one day so so yeah it's an it's an experience <laughs> yeah yeah i don't i don't know if i've ever thought about it all this this is the most i've ever probably talked about it yeah it's um i just i just yeah i i think i just vibe with it but i don't know <laughs> all right yeah it's an experience that's for yeah. sure <laughs> all right perfect uh so if you did skip ahead, welcome back. We're on to song 14, a song you wouldn't expect to like. <laughs> I knew I'd regret this. I have no fucking idea what we were talking about. I have no, I've none either. I've completely forgotten. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll edit that out. Um, so we've gone for... No, Mar- no, 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 I do. I reckon I do. I reckon oh, I brilliant. do. Okay, great. Got, uh, I got this. March of the Pigs, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, and this was a song that I didn't think I'd like, wasn't it? Yeah, a song you wouldn't expect. To this like, was yeah. a hard, yeah. This was a hard one for me because um, I was like, I, I have. This was a hard one for me to pick one because I, I'm I, like I said, I, I said earlier many hours ago, I was like, I don't. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, I I don't. Um, I don't really like. Bound, bind myself too much to genre right. anymore yeah, yeah, these yeah. days. So now I'm like, if I like it, I like it. Yeah. What I would say is I've never thought of myself as an angry person. Okay. Um, my whole life I've never really, if you would ask me, I would tell you I wasn't an angry person. And uh, I've always like kind of disliked anger and found anger. Well, I would call it anger, but I think I think more now I would say aggression. Yes. I've always really hated aggression and I've always thought anger was aggression. And as such, I never really listened to angry music all that much. You know, the angriest I would go or the hardest I would go is probably grunge or, you know, I, rock. I, I didn't really listen to metal. I didn't really listen to anything that hard. Right. Um I've been a fan of Nine Inch Nails now for for a while, um, and I've I've listened to a bit of metal now as well. I've always liked and and I, but there was a time where I wouldn't have I think other than other than you know a couple of their songs. Yeah. Um, 
you know, closer is one and uh, um, hurt is like, other than the, maybe the slower, softer songs, I, there was a time where I wouldn't have said or thought I would have liked something this aggressive. Right. Um, and then as I got older, I realized that actually, you know, everyone feels anger mm-hmm. and it's important actually you know what i didn't like was aggression and there's there's a lot of ways to express anger and 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 it's important yeah. you know that's that's what we were talking about was you know sitting in your emotions right and um it's just as unhealthy to deny emotions as it is to to express them in unhealthy ways yes maybe not as unhealthy but <laughs> but um as I've gotten older, I've I've learned to sort of sit in my emotions more. Yeah. And Nine Inch Nails of this era is a particularly good um, artist for sitting in anger, you know, yeah. um, which is not an emotion I express much, but it's important to acknowledge that everyone feels it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Inter- that's interesting. I, uh... yeah. Because the, the thought, that's really interesting it, it comes up a lot on, on in that category a song makes you sad is that, you know I, I talk a lot about sitting in sadness and like allowing yourself to feel that and maybe have a bit of a cry and like but I think I think I've been feeling a very similar way again without rehashing it but like going back to that situation I talked about with, with song one I think that's something that I have been trying to not feel angry because it's it feels somewhat futile in a way if I'm not gonna you know mm. like ultimately I'm, I'm, I'm never gonna speak to these people again so like you know there's it doesn't feel like there's much point in being angry but mm. it's interesting to think of like think of that kind of situation but with other emotions because it it is something that is potentially unhealthy to to not allow myself to feel angry or not allow myself to like be frustrated for a time and then try and like move on from it after I've allowed myself to feel it so mm. it's interesting applying that to different emotions I've not really considered that before we don't we don't I think I think anger anger is an emotion that um, I think particularly for men yeah because there are so many men that express anger in it not just in an unhealthy way, but a dangerous way yeah. to themselves and to others. Yeah. You know, I think we often think then the thing to do is to shut it off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I remember talking to a psychiatrist, psychologist about it at one point. And, and I was like, what, you know, what is it anger? Like, how should I feel about anger? And, and he said it really well. He was like, well, it just is. Yeah. I was like, you know, sh- should I, shouldn't I, whatever. And he was like, Emotions just are. It's yeah. not good or bad. You know, anger just is. And yeah. if you feel angry, you feel angry. You can't not unfeel it. Yeah. Um, what you can control is how you act on your emotion. Yeah. But when we try to control the emotion we're feeling, that's a problem. And, and you know, anger has healthy things. It, 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 it often tells us that, there's you know, there's an injustice. Yeah. Or, or something feels off. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just, you know, you feel it. Yeah. And it's like, 
what we should try to control is our action around it, not not the feeling itself. Yeah. And and that's something I've been learning a lot, you know, um, yeah. that you can feel angry. That's okay. It's just, you know, well, don't bottle it up. Yeah. But also, and, yeah. to any men listening, don't also then act on it and go and punch people. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's really not good, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I also find it interesting, I think the other thing I would say about Nine Inch Nails, something I, sh- you know, I'm not much of a lyrics person, but some things sneak through with the early stuff where I'm like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, uh, I wouldn't say that, um, <laughs> that I find really, <laughs> do you know, and I think that might have even been what I was going to say about, because uh, we were talking about um, music and art for empathy. Yeah. And... <clears throat> the line between art telling us how things should be versus just reflecting, you know, the dark thoughts or yeah. the dark feelings or, or how things are. And sometimes I think there is a value in art that just sort of reflects. Right. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's still a question for me, but like, you know, is is there something healthy in just going, you know, these are the feelings, mm-hmm. but then... Now, I'm not saying... I do not know all of the lyrics to March of the Pigs, so please don't think I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm endorsing, because I'm probably... You know, but... but um, Trent Reznor, I think, goes, goes to a very dark, 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 dark place. Right. Um, sometimes, I think, as, a, as an act of imagination, other times, I think... Um, because you know it's important to explore those those places and i think there's a yep. lot of mucky gross artists that like go to, you know friends of his you know that would go to the same place more as a way to enable their own behavior but i think right. with with him I, I i hope i think that he he's more just exploring those themes and those ideas yeah and expressing it i think in a healthier way which is art yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about Trent Reznor or his biography to stand by anything I've just said. Okay. But it's just something <laughs> to think about. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> uh, song fifteen then is a song you think everyone should listen to. So you've gone for "Perfect Places" by Lord. Oh, funny, funny choice. I struggled so much with this one. Yeah. Because I was like, it was TBC initially, wasn't it? It was TBC because I was like, I think everyone should listen to. And then I was like, well, that should, I should pick something obscure or trendy or cool or something that, and I was originally going to try and find something that people hadn't heard before Mm. in, in my music collection. And there's stuff there that people maybe haven't listened to as much or, and then I was like, what, what was the wording of it again? Uh, A song you think everyone should listen to. Yeah, then I was like, well, actually, what does that mean? A song I think everyone should listen to. And I was like, well, it's probably a song with a good message. Right. That's probably what it means. Uh If I think everyone should listen to it. And um, I like this song a lot. Uh, I gave up drinking for a long time. I I drink a bit. So, so, you know, it's not that I gave it up forever or or I was a problem drinker or... Mm. But I, I gave up drinking for a couple of years and, and this was a big song for me in that period of time. And I and I gave up partying and I don't really party anymore. Um, 
all that much. When I say party, like, I mean, I, I, I go to parties, right. but I, I'm not, you know, I don't, you know, stay at parties for all that long anymore. Sure. And um, I think this is a really good song for, for, you know, someone who's maybe at a point in their life where they're feeling a little lost and, you know, they like to, they're looking for something and they're looking for that thing, you know, mm-hmm. out and they're looking for that thing through drinking and they're looking for that thing through partying and they're looking through that for that thing in this sort of, you know, in that sort of way. I think this is a really good song for that. Yeah. You know, that, that, that kind of coming back to what I was saying about, you know, reaching for something. Yeah. Um, that it, that I don't think it's there. And if we're all, it, and I think sometimes we, we get really self-destructive in our search for that thing that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's a really good song to listen to, to be like, Hey, you know, yeah. Yeah. We reach for that stuff sometimes, but I don't know. I don't know. It, it, yeah. Yeah. What the know, fuck I'm are perfect of, places uh, anyway? Yeah. I love that line. What the fuck are perfect places? Yeah. You know, we're, it's just, it's such a good motif, you know, it's, it's looking for these perfect places for these perfect moments. And you do, I mean, almost, I used to call it clarity mm-hmm. or like a parting of the fog right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would happen sometimes for me at like 3am mm-hmm. where everything just like was clear mm-hmm. and I wasn't foggy anymore. And because that happened the most when I was out, I was like, that's the path to that. Right. And, you know, as you get older, you realize that actually maybe it's um, other things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Medicine, psychologists, friends, healthier eating, exercise, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, also maybe there isn't such a thing as that perfect place. And, and the issue is yeah. more the fog. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the better thing to do or the healthier thing to do is just live... <laughs> I don't know, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm not. I'm not really. I'm still on my journey with all of this stuff, so it's hard <laughs> to really like. Yeah, be like the authority on it. But this is a song I think that just really captures that, and it really resonated for me. Yeah. At, at a very important point in my life, you know. Yeah. Other people talk about it in the same way, but I, I, I agree with it. I think it's, 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 it's the sort of other part of what you said about um, you know, in order to make something great, you have to be prepared to make something terrible, and I think that's a very, mm. it's a similar kind of thing here. Is that, um, it doesn't like I think aiming for perfection is in some ways mm. the death of art. Like if you are, like if you're making um uh, some music or making um, comedy, whatever, if you try and make everything perfect and try and make like it, you know tinker with it until it's like exactly right you're never going to get there like you just you have Mm -hmm. to aim for like you know good enough basically and then you know people either connect with it or they don't but you know what the fuck are perfect places like you're like that's not a thing you're you're never going to get to that perfect place you're never going to please everybody um Mm. yeah i think it's it's a similar kind of message into what you're talking about already yeah i think it's just about like living life just embracing the journey and embracing mm. the the path of it and enjoying yeah. the work 
I think, yeah, you know, it's funny when you say that I've seen a lot of comedians sort of self-destruct because they're so obsessed with perfection and they're so obsessed with, you know, like if a bad show is bad, they fucking, you know, really, and they'll, they'll, you know, and it's like the better thing to do is just sort of work. Yep. Get up every day and work on yourself and work on whether it's your, what you do or whether who you, it's who you are, just working on yourself and, and trusting mm-hmm. that journey. Yeah. Um, then you're going to, that, that's all you can do. But it, you, you, it, I think when we get too obsessed with these endpoints, that's when we start to get self-destructive, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's why I chose this. I think everyone needs to listen to this or whatever this version of whatever song is this, but I think that message is a really nice message yeah. for, for young people to hear, you know? Perfect. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Well, a lovely note to end on. So, uh, <laughs> do you have, um, uh, this, this is a bizarre question. Like, do you have anything you want to plug or promote to like the three people who aren't listening to the show because Zachary Ruins on it, but like, <laughs> you want to put out there um sorry sorry i went for two hours I'm so that's sorry. fine i love a chat <laughs> um, um no nah, oh yeah i got my i got you know i got Donna, so yeah. i do stuff there so i do that um, i also do a fun little podcast with my friend mish mm-hmm. which are up called mission zach's leguizama rama yep. where we were watching every single film television show or music video or anything starring the um underrated in our opinion actor john leguizamo um so we're doing that and uh we love to waffle so if you enjoyed me waffling here then you'll (laughs) love mission zach waffling there (laughs) yeah it's funny we actually like uh jackie lumsden was on the show and she went off on a tangent she called that doing a mish um so I might need to reframe that. <laughs> that's, that's doing a mish. That's funny that it's called doing a mish because you've seen I'm the one trying to rein her in. Zachary Wayne, who took two hours uh, on a podcast that should take all of 45 minutes based on past podcasts, I'm the one reining in mish. So if you've loved this, then you will love Mish and Zach's Leguizabarama. It's too, too. Free, just yeah. tangenting we're often on our on separate tangents you know <laughs> we'll tangent off tangents it's a roller coaster that's good excellent all right well thank you very much Zach. thank you and that is it for episode 35 of mixtape and identity thank you so much for listening for the very small number of you listening who don't already know zach go and check him out uh, zach and Rish's podcast is excellent uh, Andy Donna, also great. So yeah, uh, go and check him out. He's doing great stuff. If you like this show and you want to support it, well, first of all, if you're new to the show here, please go and check out the back catalogue. Um, if you like Zach and you like Australian comedy and Australian comedy podcasts in particular, you'll see a lot of familiar faces. So go and check it out. There's a lot of content there that you'll enjoy. Uh, if you want to support the show, we do have a coffee link set up. So if you want to say thank you for a particular episode and chuck it a couple of quid, there's no monthly obligations, so you can just send a tip. That would be much appreciated. Uh, if you're not in a position to do that, absolutely fine. 
please do all the nice things though you know leave a review tell your friends share it on your story get more people listening i think we've been flying under the radar for a while and uh, yeah there's a lot of great content in here so yeah uh tell everyone you know i'll be back next week for episode 36 but in the meantime look after yourselves we'll speak to you then